Well, I want to share something with you tonight, so get your Bibles out. And if you would go to Matthew chapter 13 again. Go to Matthew 13, 31. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and he sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Okay, I told you all this last week. I'm going to tell you again. This scripture has always been really important to me because I always have really felt that the Lord is called Living Waters Church to be this tree, to be a, a seed that was sown out here in the middle of, of, you know, the land that time forgot. And yet he sowed a seed here to be something special, that it was to be a tree that was to be grown up out here that's strong and has strong roots, and that the birds of the air, the other, other that people or the birds of the air, they can come and they can nest in its branches, and its branches gives it shade and protection. Amen? Now, there's two fold to this. Because one fold is that there are birds that are going to come to Living Waters Church that need rest, that need protection, that need sanctuary. But then there's the other part of it, that there's people that are going to take care of the birds servants that have got to take care of the birds, right? Now, what's funny is that the example the Lord was using with me, I've never experienced on one side. I've always noticed that when you go to a restaurant and the waitress comes up, you know, it depends on who the waitress is or, you know, how the, how the service is, I guess, or how friendly they are. You know, you can strike up a conversation with them. You say, hey, well, you know, what do you suggest on the menu or whatever? If you don't know what you're really wanting, got any specials today? What's the soup? You know, whatever. You, you have a conversation with them, right? But her, the person's job is to wait on you, correct? Their job is to get you whatever you want. If you want some more butter, you want less butter. And I noticed that, like, I'm the kind of person that will walk up and I'll look at a menu, and if they have something up there that's close to what I want, I'm just going to order it. And I'm going to order it straight like it is on the menu. I'm never going to ask them to take anything off or put anything on. <laughs> okay? And I see people today. Uh, what was the name of that place we ate at when we were coming back from Rio Dosa Sweetie that was a big deli, health food kind of McAllister's Deli or McAllister's something? I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. I wasn't really familiar with them, but I've never seen a menu as big as their menu was. I mean, you just walk up there, and it was like taking up the, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about? It's huge, and it's everything in the world you could ever imagine, you know, of all kinds of this and that and combos and everything, and I was standing there waiting to get something, and I thought this line would be so much faster if everybody just order a number six or a number four or whatever, but it was, can I get a number six, but with the side of this and over the this and that, and, you know, and, and they were just saying, yes, 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 we can. I thought... Isn't that amazing to have, you know, 190 men items on the menu up there and somebody still can't get what they want. They've got to change it. They don't have 190, but it seemed like it. It was a bunch. You know what I mean? And so, but it's their job, right? If they're serving you, if the, if the waiter or waitress is, is good and on to, they're supposed to accommodate you, right? That's their job. That's why they're there. That's what they're being paid for. And they want to do a good job. So you're happy and you give them a good tip right? 
There was something else that was, I thought was very strange. In Ireland, they don't tip. It's, it's not even heard of, giving a tip. And so uh, we were set the first night we ate, uh, you know, came, got the bill. And if you do tip, and if you just include it in like the credit cards, you know, like they give you, you're going to pay with the credit card and you just add it on the deal, the company gets it. The, the server doesn't. And so I, I'd read up on this and knew this. And so, you know, I had cash in my pocket. And so did the tip, gave the girl a tip. And they're like, what's this? I said, well, you did a great job. Thank you. Appreciate you. And so they were like, didn't know how to act. I mean, it's so strange. Because over here, they're like, uh, <clears throat> is that all? And so that night we came back, we ate at the same place, and then we had the same waitress. And so we went to give her a tip. And she said, oh, no, you, 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 already gave, you, already, you already gave me a tip at lunch. And I said, we'll give you another one. And she wouldn't take it. She would not take it. So I turned to Laura, and I said, here. I'm going to walk out, and you go over there, girl to girl, and go give her the tip. Force it on her. I don't care what you do, you know, but I'm not going to get ugly with her, but I mean, you know. So anyway, I'm back to my story. But their job is there to serve you, correct? Not to serve themselves. doesn't make any difference what they want or they want you to order. It's what you want. Now, over... 50% of the time when the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church, he said, the Apostle Paul, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what a bondservant was? A bondservant was somebody who was bound to have to serve that person, like slave almost, to be a bondservant. Okay? So he addressed himself as, I'm a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he didn't get to ask what Jesus, or how Jesus should do it. He simply was a bondservant to do what Jesus told him to do. Are you with me? I think what's happened in the Christian world, and I think God's about to turn a big flip-flop here, is most of the people come to church to see what they can get, not come to church to see what they can give. And so the birds of the air are going to come to Living Waters Church and they're going to need, be birds of the air that have to nest in its branches because they need help. So what God needs is a whole bunch of servants that'll be bond servants that'll be doing what he wants them to do to serve the birds. Now, back to my story about changing orders. You know, some people can be pretty difficult. I've been embarrassed listening to some people before like, they'll just be, you know, who, I don't know them, but they're in front of me. I'm listening to what they're saying or sitting beside the table. I'm just like, are you serious? Shut up and eat what they gave you. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, to me, it just, it's embarrassing. And so there's going to be birds that are going to come to nest in the branches of Living Waters Church that could be rather demanding, right? But we have a job to do. Go to Acts chapter 6. When the apostles, it says, let's just start reading verse 1. Now in the days when the number of the disciples was multitude, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Now, I don't really know what was going on here, okay? All I know is somebody was not happy. They weren't getting enough of something. Then the twelve summoned the multitude and the disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the, the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men, full of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, of whom they appointed 
over this business. Look what they did. They wanted seven men full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. In other words, they were going to be servers, right? Because they're talking about food distribution. They were going to be waiting on tables and serving people, but the qualification was is they needed to be full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom. He said, but we will give ourselves continue to prayer into the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on, lists these guys. And it says, then the word, verse 7, then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multitude greatly in Jerusalem, and the great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So something happened here. There was a, by these guys going out and becoming servants, and just serving the people, something happened. Something broke. And all of a sudden, there began to be a multitude of disciples. There began to be all kinds of ministry that was going on. And people were coming to the gospel. And people were getting saved. Why? Because these guys went out and just made themselves servants. So they probably, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know how it worked. They're going up there and say, heck, what can we do for y'all or whatever like this? And da, 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 da. But then he gave them the Holy Ghost and they were full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And so they saw openings and opportunities. They said, oh, did you know? Here, let me pray for you. Miracle took place. Stephen, you know, he gets in a debate with these guys over the truth. Cost him his life, but he's the only person I've ever seen in the scriptures that says he saw Jesus standing up at the right hand of the throne of God, right? Caused Jesus to stand up and cheer him out. But my point is this, the mentality of the church has to change to where, what would happen, let me just throw this out to y'all home folk here tonight, what would happen if you came in on Sunday morning at your regular time you get here and found that the church was already completely full? You know, you didn't have a place to sit. Would your first attitude be, I can't believe they're sitting in my place, or you know, would your attitude, you know, what would it be? Because you're, because what happens to us is we get in such a habit of we're, we're expecting to be served. But I'm telling you, if this church, everybody always, everybody's always said this. I've never said this, but it, people have always said this, but I've never said this, that there'd be a thousand people here. Well, if there's a thousand people here, well, folks, I can't do it. That means y'all have to become the servants and take care of the thousand people. All of a sudden you didn't, you found out that you came to church but you didn't get to get involved in the praise and worship because you were trying to help 60 kids get into the nursery. And the line to the bathroom was all the way outside. Or the toilet wasn't working. See, y'all got to understand something. Everybody always talks about revival and all excited about revival. I don't look forward to revival. Because I look at it as a logistic nightmare. Parking lot's full. Everybody's trying to get in and out. The septic system can't handle it. Uh, you know, there's all these issues going on. They're, you know, it's just a mess and dealing with everything and trying to find chairs and pile them in here and you can't get people in and somebody's this and then somebody comes in with a wheelchair. And if they're not healed, then you got to get the wheelchair out. Right? I'm just saying, it's just a logistical nightmare from my standpoint. Not that God's blessing wouldn't be great to, to see, but I mean, it's going to cause all of us who have been here, who have already been a part of the seed planted and the tree growing up, and you're already a strong branch because that's you, that we're going to have to hold up the birds. And all of a sudden, you're going to have to find yourself leading people to Jesus. And we may be having a service in here going on, but there had to be one outside too because it couldn't. the overflow was out there. And then all of a sudden, I said, call for the prayer team to come up here, but the prayer team had to be outside to minister to the other 500. Right? 
And who's going to do it? I can't be out there and take care of it all. It's going to have to be y'all. And it's a time that I really believe is about to happen. I really believe something's going to happen. But what I'm saying is, is it can't be the minute, what you want. It has to be what Jesus wants. Are y'all following me? It can't be you're going to take a group over there underneath the tree and you're going to do with, have church the way you want to have church. It's got to be what is Jesus doing? What does he want us to do? What are we going to fall? Are we all going to fall from because we're the same tree? Are we going to all work together as the branches of the tree as one tree unit? Holding up the birds, not wanting to break off your branch and go over here and do it your way. And I think that's a big challenge in front of us. But Paul did something. He always told his all of his when he was writing his letters and he was having, talking to his ministers in Timothy. He said, you know what you've seen me do? Just do that. And it'll be okay. And y'all have been here a long time, and you've seen what the Lord does, and you've seen how the Lord does it, and that's what you're going to have to do, is to do what you've seen done. So you're outside, and there's, because that's the other church having to go on, because we can't get everybody in here, so we've, we're, we're pumping the, 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 the music outside, and we're pumping the speakers outside, and everybody's set up outside, and and then, you know, people out there want to get saved. Well, you don't say, well, okay, well, let's come here. Let's go. Let's find pastor. And let's get him in the door. Let's get him up to the front. No, no, no. You're going to have to go lead them to Jesus yourself out there. Now, the very first time that I was ever asked to, to go to the jails and, and, and preach in the jails, and I had to go by myself, and I knew it was coming. And so Saturday night, I was real nervous because I knew I was going to go to the jails and preach for the first time. And so... I thought to myself, man, I need to be equipped. I need to have everything, you know, I'd be ready. And, you know, I don't know what could happen. And what if somebody wanted this? Or what if I had to pray for this? Or what if that? So I sat down. I thought, well, gosh, you know, I ought to at least write up like a little sinner's prayer, you know, just somebody wants to get saved. At least I've got something I can follow and, 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 and lead them to the Lord. So I started writing. And two pages later, <laughs> I stopped and said, you know, I think I've gone a little overboard here, Lord. A two page sinner's prayer. And I remember stopping and putting my pen down, and I said, Lord, what would I do? And he says, Robert, what did you do? And I said, well, I just simply said, Jesus, if you're real, I want to know you. And he said, wasn't that enough? And I said, well, I get your point. You know, it's the heart of the person. It's not the perfect prayer. Each and every one of you all have been through things in life. You've, you've, you've prayed. You've had your, your own personal relationship with Jesus. You've each of you all seen miracles happen. You've seen things done. You know how people get saved. You know how people get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know. You know. But when you become a servant, then all of a sudden, whatever the need of that person is, that's what you have to meet. And our mindset has to change to where we're just servants. We're not coming to be served. We're coming to serve. Let me show you another scripture. Go into the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel. 17, 22, 17, 22. This is the Lord speaking. And he says, thus, say, thus says the Lord God, I will take also one of the highest branches of the high cedar and set it out, and I will crop off the topmost of its young twigs, a tender one, and I will plant it on a high and prominent mountain. And on the mountain... Height of Israel, I will plant it, and I will bring forth uh, burrows and 
bear fruit, and be a majestic cedar. Now, I don't know how that's possible. I mean, when I read that, a majestic cedar, I mean, come on. Anyway, under it will dwell birds of every sort. In the shadow of its branches, they will dwell. And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree, the exalted and the low tree, dried up the green tree, and made the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I've done it. Same, same, the same illustration that Jesus was talking about in, in Matthew 13, right? But he said, I'm going to do something so that everyone there knows that I did it, right? Look at 1 Corinthians one twenty-six. Because I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why are you doing this in utopia? And it was kind of insulting. It's kind of like when, you, when the, you know, the Lord is always referring to us as sheep. And folks, sheep are stupid. And that's what he refers to us as. And it's like I was telling my wife, I said, you know, I've got these few sheep at the house and I go throw corn out every morning. They come up and, you know, they're not pets by any means. But, you know, I, I get within a few feet of them, throw them some corn. They look at me, throw corn at them. They just seem to be docile. But if I could leap real quick over and grab one of them, I mean, things going to change right off the bat. I mean, that sheep's going to go nuts. And then all the deer and everything else that's just peacefully walk up there to eat the corner are going to scatter and run. Have you ever noticed deer? They're so funny because I have, I have two different pair of boots, and one of them has a harder sole than the other one. And I have noticed that the morning that I have the boot that has a harder sole on it, when I walk out, my feet must sound different. And the deer will look up, and they'll look at me like, is that really him? You know, what is he? Something's up. And I finally figured out it's the boots. They're making a different sound on the rocks. And they'll kind of run out. The next morning, I put the softer ones on that I walk out in, and they'll be right there. But if I was to grab one of those sheep, they're going to go, they're going to flip out. They're going to blade. They're going to fight. They're going to jump. They're going to kick. They're going to run. They're going to try to do everything in the world to get away. But they seem docile. And it's kind of like Christians. They seem like, a lot of people seem like a Christian. <laughs> and then the moment you try to hurt them somewhere or grab one of them or try to bring them over into attention or whatever, then they're just, you know, flipping out, going nuts, right? So I said to the Lord, you know, I always refer to this as sheep. And so why are you doing something? Why are you planting this seed at Living Waters? Why are you growing up this tree here at Living Waters? Why are you calling upon all of us? And this is... This is where you led me. For you see your calling, brethren. There's not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. The base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. So I don't know what to tell you, folks. Other than God may have just picked this place because we're the most ignorant bunch that could give God the glory because everybody would look at us and say, there ain't no way those people could pull that off. Being led by a pastor like that, there ain't no way. The other day I was in Savannah, you know, and that's where I was born and raised, and everybody knows me. And uh, so I went into the general supply, 
And one of the girls that's in there was in Laura's class. She was a grade ahead of me. And so we were in there, and everybody said, what's going on? And I said, man, you know, big, big homecoming game's coming up. And uh, they called me the other day and said, we're going to have our 40th graduation. And I said, I can't believe I've been graduating from school for 40 years. It just doesn't seem right. How could it be 40 years? And so the girl, she smarted off to me, and I said, what are you talking about? You're a year older than I am, so you're 41, you know. And so we give him any lip. And so, um, come on, Rob, think of his name. Mac, um, which one is it? Yeah, it's Wyatt Mac that works down there. And he's there, and he said, he said hey, Pastor, what are you doing today? And I said, uh, oh, not much. And she looked at him and said, Pastor? <laughs> and he said, yeah, he's my pastor. And he, she looks over and she says, what? It's just Robert. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, prophet has no honor in his own hometown. <laughs> Y'all are living it up here. What I was going with that is that you're going to get all kinds of different reactions. Maybe God did choose us because we were the people that God would get the most glory from is saying, how could that have happened in that little podunk town out in the middle of nowhere with that bunch of people and that guy pastor in the church? And how could that have done that? Because we would fulfill 1 Corinthians that God didn't call the wise. He called the foolish so that he could confound the wisdom of the wise so that all the glory would go to God. Why did God plant a tree? Why did Ezekiel uh, 17 there, and why did he he say he planted the tree? So that everybody would say, look, wow, that majestic tree, God had to do that. Okay? Let me show you something else. Go over here to uh, Ezekiel. uh, Thirty-one. I'm going to start reading. Uh, I'll just read verse 1. Now, it came to pass in the 11th year, in the third month, the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his multitude, Whom are you like in your greatness? Indeed, Assyria is a cedar in, in Lebanon, with fine branches that shaded the forest, and of high stature, and its top among the thick burrows. And water made it grow. Underground water gave it height. Water made it grow. Right? Our big cypress trees down by the river, water makes it grow. reason why the trees are big, water made it grow, right? With the rivers running around the place where it was planted and sent out rivulets. In case you don't know what that is, don't feel bad. I didn't either. Looked it up. means channels. To all the trees of the field. Now, wait a minute. Water made it grow. Underground water gave it height. With the rivers running around the place where it was planted and sent out channels to all the trees of the field. In other words, the one tree was getting watered, and then it began to help water all the other trees. Therefore, its height was exalted above the trees of the field. Its burrows were multiplied, and its branches became long because of the abundance of water. Now, I'm going to tell you the second reason. I think the first reason is God chose us because I think he could be exalted in amongst the foolish things here. Second reason is it's because the anointing of God, the water. Because there's a certain thing about all of y'all. You love Jesus. 
And the Spirit of God on the inside of you fills vessels that are hungry. And because of the water of God and the anointing of God, the Spirit of God flowing, and this being a water hole where people can come and, and partake of the Spirit of God, causes everything to grow. And so when people come, one of the first things they're going to have to, be, going to, have to do is they're going to have to learn to drink. Now, I had a person here just recently come to me and say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be coming to church here from now on. It's great. I said, can I ask why? He said, because when I walk in the doors, I know Jesus is in this place. I feel the presence of God. I don't feel it anywhere else. So that blessed me because that means they're having a spiritual encounter that doesn't have anything to do with the, you know, the way the building looks or or how friendly y'all are, or whatever. It was the Spirit of God doing it. Amen? So it's that river that makes the tree grow. It's that river that makes the tree grow. It's the hunger on the inside of us to just worship God and to love on Jesus. And that, that Spirit is what God is wanting to use to make it happen because He wants to do it, not us. It's Him. And some people that we serve are going to be difficult. They're going to want everything cut off the menu. They're going to want to change everything. Well, I want this, but I want that dressing and put this on there, but I don't want this, but give me that. Give me a potato, but it's all on the sides. And Can you do it this style? I mean, basically, they want to go back there and cook their own meal, but they don't want to do that. They just want somebody else to do it, but they want to do whatever. Let's read a little bit more here. Seven. Thus it is beautiful in its greatness and the length of its branches because its roots reach out, its roots reach to abundant waters. See, it becomes a beautiful, beautiful thing when Jesus does it. If man has to put everything in order, if man has to say, well, you need to put your hair like this, you need to wear this, and you need to do this, and you need to do that, trying to create little minions, all right? It's not very pretty. But when God does it, it becomes a beautiful thing. The cedars in the garden of God could not hide it. The fir trees were, were not like its uh, burrows. The chestnut trees were not like its branches. No tree in the garden of God was like it in its beauty. That's you. In the garden of God. The servants of God. But we got to get our hearts prepared because, you know, have you all ever been to a, 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 a restaurant? And you got bad service? You knew the waitress or waiter that was there waiting on you did not want to do it? And it wasn't a very pleasant experience, was it? <laughs> we went to this restaurant one time, and, I, and, and I, got, I got so tickled because I said, man, are, are, we, are we here to pray for this person? Is that why we're here? Because there's something not right here. I said, did they just go back in the back and they just did meth or something? I mean, I've never seen any, I've never seen as bad of a waitress as this. Like you would say, okay, and it was a simple order. You know, I'll, I'll take a hamburger and, and, and onion rings. And she's like, uh, you want um, the hamburger? Yes, the hamburger. And then they just freeze. I'm, I'm not joking. This is how bad it was. She said, and, and what, was, what was the other? Onion rings? 
onions, yes, onions. And I was like, what's wrong with them? There's something not right. We're here to pray for this person because the mental capacity is gone. It's left. They did too much meth or something. It's gone. So anyway, we don't want to be servants like that. That's my point. Right? We don't want to be servants like that. And so I just want to encourage you tonight. Get your hearts right. Get your hearts ready. Get your hearts open. Start thinking about being a servant. Start thinking about you serving and waiting on people and what would that look like and how would you do it and all that kind of stuff. And let the Holy Ghost begin to birth in you. The river that's going to plant you and get you there is your worship time in this, within the Spirit of God. And then He's going to take care of it all. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, Hello, servant. <laughs> Amen. Well, Bill, help me. Let's take up our offering tonight. I love this church. A while ago, somebody came in, gave Bill an offering to put in the offering plate tonight because they had to leave and left. They just drove in here to give him the offering. <laughs> I said, what kind of a church is that, man? Please, God. Can't stay for church, but they'll drive in to get the offering in. I love that, man. drive through window. Cut one in over there. Put them in there. drive through and put the offering in. Bless the Lord. <laughs> Bill, you can just stand there. Man it with offering envelopes. Give them another one. Get one, give them one. Love it. Drive through blessing. <laughs> That's the next window. Yeah, get the offering. Move on down for the blessing. Thank you. Pull on up, please. <laughs> it's window B. <laughs> well, praise God. Put your hand on your offerings. Father, I just declare right now we're the most blessed church on the face of the earth. I thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in our life, everything that's coming about. And I just thank you, Lord, for blessing the people tonight exceedingly, abundantly, above they can even think or ask. Lord, where they think that, oh, Lord, let this, let this multiply. Lord, let it do so much greater, so much bigger, that it just blows their mind, Lord, because they see you just doing everything in your way and in your time, Lord. And we praise you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yeah, I was over in Uvalde uh, yesterday. And I uh, was in a place, and a person comes up to me and says, Hey, yeah, I had a hard time driving over there in Ireland, huh? And I was like, What? I was listening to you on the broadcast this morning. Like, Praise God. Listening on the broadcast. Oh, by the way, that reminds me, I was talking to Darcy this afternoon, and she said to tell everyone that has the Waterhole app on your phone that if you did not get, if you haven't noticed it changed, like some of the pictures and stuff like that changed, then you probably need to, uh, what do they call it? What do you say? What do you say? Uh, uh, huh? Update. Thank you. I had to go to a young person over there to get me updated. And uh, if you don't have an update on your phone, she said if you went to the app store and go to the, the water hole, then it'll show you the update. And you punch the update, and it'll update onto your phone. Mine did it on its own. So hopefully you're that lucky and don't have to try to figure the rest of that stuff out, unless you're really good at that. If not, God bless you for figuring it out. Find a young person and ask them how to do it. Amen. So stand to your feet. Grab that person's hand. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that as we leave this building tonight, we declare that we're going to be your servants, bond servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that, Lord, we're going to start looking at people differently. That everywhere we go and every person we come around, Lord, we're going to look at it. That we, How can we serve them? How can we be bond servants for you and do your bidding? And Lord, I just thank you that you just birth us in our hearts and in the hearts of each and every person around us. And Lord, then you use it and you teach us and you show us because you know we're foolish sheep and we got to have some guidance. So Lord, thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.